All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Business of Fitness. I'm here with Ryan Fisher from Chalk, and we are going to discuss today the business of fitness. We're going to get after it. Uh, today's going to be a 25-minute AMRAP. I'm super looking forward to this discussion. Uh, Ryan has created a, a, a successful gym uh, down in the L.A., Orange County Orange area. Orange County. Yep. Most and congested area of CrossFit gym. Th- th- there you per go. Per capita. And he's been able to manage to um, diversify his revenue streams by bringing in uh, online revenue, which I'd like to talk about as well. Talk about a little of his past competing in the sport of fitness and CrossFit. And uh, also talk about this fact that you're on the nat- – the uh, Olympic bobsled team? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're going to start off with a 25-minute AMRAP. We're starting in three, two, one, and let's go. So I got to start here, Ryan. Um, some people who know you or don't know you, mm-hmm. right? My exposure to you is that over the years, uh, I've known who you are, of course. I dropped into your gym. I had a very pleasant experience. But that was recently, of, too. Very recent. Yep. But one of the things that, I mean, and I just dropped in, right? I didn't call. I didn't do anything. I just walked in. Yeah. And um, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. W- one of the things I thought was really cool is that, you know, we can judge a gym by, I mean, your gym was clean. It was all that stuff, but, um, it was packed. It was packed classes. And, uh, it and that kinda, was at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m.? It was like 5 or 6 or something like that. It just left a lasting impression on me that I left that gym. I was like, dude, hell yeah. Because I love to see all the gyms thriving. So, so tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the, well, before we even get there, how'd you get introduced to CrossFit? Cause you had mentioned to me that you were, you know, on the bobsled team, you got introduced to Chris Spieler, didn't know what was going on with CrossFit. So how'd you get started in this whole thing? So it's really, really funny. I, I worked at a gym as a gym attendant. I was like the little bitch of the gym and just had to clean up and help yep. people. And yep. that was at a place called Basin Recreation Fieldhouse in Park City, Utah. At the time, the gym that I was working at, at working out at and working at there's a uh, this little guy and he's always doing these like weird pull-ups and <laughs> he was running around the track we had an indoor track and an indoor yeah. soccer field and he'd have like weights and he was doing it farmer carry which yeah. i'd never seen before and he had that split bar pull-up remember we started yeah doing he had the split, the yeah, split yeah, bar yeah. yeah yeah and everything just seemed so strange to me and he'd always ask me because he knew i was training for the bobsled team and i was i was really really fit um and just a small compact frame which was really what crossfitters really are looking for these days yeah and i think he saw that in me and he'd always say Try this workout for me. I just want to see how you do. It's twenty one fifteen nine. It's thrusters and pull ups and whatever. And I'm like, I don't know what a thruster is. I can't do that pull up. <laughs> and then um, one day he says to me, you know, if you can beat my time, I'll give you five hundred bucks. Okay. And I said, oh, okay. Now it's interesting. You right. Know? Right. Like hence the CrossFit Games. Right. So I I do the workout. I get four twenty four and projectile vomited for another twenty four minutes and twenty four <laughs> seconds. Legitimately, like. The garbage can was 20 feet away, and I was trying to hit the garbage can with vomit. It was so bad. Then did my, you beat him? My hands were like this. No, he beat. He crushed me. Oh yeah. So it, I was like obsessed. I was like, I, I'm gonna. My next workout's gonna be Fran again. I'm doing Fran. Yeah. But it took me like a week to get the courage to do it again. Yeah. I took a minute off, and I vomited and freaked out again. I guess I was getting like small cases of rhabdo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, but I was like kind of getting obsessed <laughs> with it. Urine's turned a little brown. Don't really know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And it, then um. I just like always hung on to that. It, it took me like a year before I actually started CrossFit. Yeah. But I remember that feeling and, and I was like, oh, like once I'm done with all my stuff, because at the time I was 210 pounds. Yeah. I'm 180 right now. Wow. And so that's a pretty, that's a lot of weight on, on your frame, right? Because you're really like what, five, what, five, five. Yeah. Wow. And it was really hard to maintain. Like I didn't go on hikes with people. I didn't like enjoy my life really. Like I just was eating all the time. I'd go into Whole Foods at uh, like nine o'clock at night when they'd close. 
and I would talk to the pizza guy, and he'd give me a whole pizza like, if, if no one Because no bought one it. bought it, yeah. Yeah, he'd give it to me every night, and I'd eat a whole pizza every night just trying to keep weight on. Well, so that's interesting. So you, you met Spieler. You tried your first workout. You obviously you kind of drank the Kool-Aid, started doing it. Same thing with me, right? I used to work at a conventional gym. I got introduced to it um, by Austin McGeeby and Freddie Camacho, and it took me a little while to kind of wrap my head around the intensity, you know? But once I wrapped my head around it, you know, I was sold ever since. But um, so, so you, you know, you, you kind of get into CrossFit. Um, and let's talk about the CrossFit Games briefly. So, you know, some of us uh, are familiar with your background who have been in this a long time because of some little mishaps that happened at regionals. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I never, I always, you know, I don't, I don't know the full story. No one really does, right? Yeah. Of course. You guys will hear now. Yeah. But, but I think what's interesting for me is how you and I were talking briefly about how everything happens for a reason. So in the 2015 games, Miranda tears her ACL. At that moment, I was... That's all I was thinking about. I was freaking out. And and frankly, I, I probably acted um, inappropriate. Like looking back on it, there was probably some things I, I, I never said anything like crazy, but I probably was acting like it was literally the end of the world because it was to me. It right? is in the moment. In the moment. But in, in the grand scheme of things, right, especially with my daughter getting sick a year later or whatever it was, it actually, it actually now that I reflect back on it, and I talked to Miranda about this, and I actually was chance to do you know, everything in that sense kind of happens for a reason. It kind of set the tone of where we're going for the future. You know, Miranda stopped competing, moved, created a very successful business, right? She was mm-hmm. actually just on the show. Um, obviously, you know, what, what, what would have happened if we had won and then my daughter got sick? Would have been harder for me to give that up. And so for you in that moment at regionals, what, uh, what was going through your head after you're finished? I know you said you're, you know, borderline homeless, right? And this was everything to you. But do you feel like that kind of sparked everything that occurred with Chalk and now your successful business? I do think it did. Um, for those of you who don't know, I just I, I moved to California off of a, a Craigslist ad to to manage a gym in in Del Mar in, in San Diego. Okay, like, a right. conventional gym, a uh, CrossFit gym, a CrossFit gym. And I was like, oh cool, I'm gonna get my foot in CrossFit, and this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna manage this gym, and I hated it, and I quit, and. I thought I was gonna be able to get a job somewhere else, and I didn't. And like a long story short, I just all my money was gone. And then someone from the gym was like, hey, you can sleep on my couch. And I slept on this person's couch for like four months. And I had $200 left in my pocket when I started sleeping on the couch. So I went to the grocery store. I'd steal all my food for like almost six months. I just would walk into Whole Foods, take my food, sit down, and just eat it. <laughs> if you want to say something to me about it, let's let's talk. And then um, I was super embarrassed. Like, you know, like I, I didn't know what else to do. My mom wanted me to come home, which is in New Jersey. It's a long drive yep. from California. But she, she would have gave me the money to come home. But there was like, you know, I think like most successful people, like I, I always, even in that moment, it like almost makes me want to tear up right now thinking about it. But I would tell my mom, I'd be like, mom, I don't know what it is, but I know that I'm going to be successful. And I just know that I have something inside of me that's not meant to diet right now. Yeah. And like, I just kept that passion alive. And I went to my first CrossFit competition off of a free entry fee from Justin Flynn, who owned Orange Coast CrossFit at the time. He was throwing the OC throwdown. Yep. And I was doing all of the qualifiers barefoot and putting them on YouTube. And I got second place of all these CrossFit Games athletes that are applying to go. Yeah. And then it was $200 to sign up for the competition. Lo and behold, I only had $200. So I told him I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't come. Right. So he said, you know what? I'll give you a free entry. Everyone's really looking forward to meeting you. Instagram had just started. It was like people were seeing me and they're like, who is this guy? Yeah. And then um, and I went, I got second place and I beat Nate Trader and Blair Morrison and like all these guys who were huge people I looked up to. And it was like, it was the most important time of my entire life and I'll never, ever forget it. 
And I'll never forget just like being in the lineup, like three, two, one, go. And I'm looking next to me and I'm seeing like the greatest crossfitters in the world. Yeah, yeah. And you I'm competing the, with them. And I'm is a that guy. regionals or is that throw, uh, This is the OC Throwdown the yeah, year you, before 2013. And regionals. then you get into regionals. And I get into regionals. Right. Which is already my second or third time there. Right. And then I'm in that moment. I'm doing deadlifts and um, I'm in second place in the region. And this was my my best workout. And this was your jam, I bet. Like at yeah. this moment, you know. And again, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? But at that moment, that's that's all that mattered to you, right? It was everything, right? It was literally if I had a million dollars and I was going to invest it in a stock that I knew was going to go through the roof tomorrow. That right. Was, that was I didn't just bet nine hundred and fifty grand. I put a million bucks in. Right. And I'm standing there, and three, two, one, go, and I'm just flying on these deadlifts. It's three, fifteen, and twenty-one, in, or twenty-one box jumps. Yeah, I remember that 21 one. Twenty-one deadlifts, yeah, yeah. fifteen and nine. Yeah, yeah. And I'm ahead by like I got off the twenty-one deadlifts ten seconds before like bridges and everybody, and everyone's like, "How is this even possible?" You know. So I start doing my box jumps. I go back to the bar, and they just no rep every deadlift. Like I have a six hundred pound deadlift. Like three fifteen is just not a lot. Right. And it's the first year that they use comp plates, and they don't bounce, in right. my opinion. And you can watch the video. It's on YouTube. It's got over 100,000 views on it. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm doing deadlifts and my arms are totally straight, but I am moving super fast. And there's people bouncing them next to me. There's people not even bending their hips. They're just like hinging. And it's just like, I, I guess, and I honestly don't know. I guess I told the judge, hey man, I'm, I'm going to kill you if you start counting uh, these reps. And it turned into a giant thing. Right. And then um, it and, was and, really and, scary for me. And in, in CrossFit's defense, and in, in Dave's defense, um, you know, uh, and in your defense, right? Yeah. When that then that kind of stuff happens, like you 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 almost say it like, and you're seeing red. You're not paying attention. I've said stuff like maybe twice in my career, maybe three times to a judge, where I've had to go back and I went and found that person. I sat there. I was like, hey man, I'm really sorry. I really apologize for what I said. I was in a heated moment, and I and we were cool, right? Mm -hmm. And I can see how things like that occur, but I also see how CrossFit, knowing that's what's said, kind of set the tone. Like, hey, that's not okay to talk to the judges yeah. like that. Like, I see both sides yeah. of the story, right? That judge actually came to my grand opening of my gym. Oh, really? People don't know that, but he actually apologized to me. And um, and we're, we're totally cool. But, but, the, but let's <laughs> just talk about that. So, you know, this terrible thing happened, right, for, for everybody, right? Because mm -hmm. you would have hopefully gone to the games, et cetera. Um, but, but what did that spark that then created shock, right? Because at that moment, again, for me in 2015, you know, I probably said some stuff, you know, maybe not quite the same, but similar, right? But, but then... You know, a month later, you're sitting there reflecting, and you probably had to do something, right? So what did you do? Um, I just kept, you know, put my head down. My mom was terrified. She's like, you know what? All this stuff happened to you, and then, like, now this is this is great. You got to do what you wanted to do. I still think it's time for you to come home and whatever. And I'm like, no, mom. Like, I just – I think any publicity is good publicity. So, like, even if people are hating on me um, or, or they think that whatever happened was fucked up so that they want to follow me anyway, like, I – I'm starting to grow my presence. I'm starting to grow my brand, whatever right. it is. Right. And um, I'm not going to let anybody think that I'm someone who just rolls over and takes it and dies. So I'm going to come back even stronger and let's just, let's just hope it works out. So, okay. So you were, you were, you were really focused on the CrossFit Games, which many owners today still are, right? Or people who want to be owners of the gym but also want to compete. It's tough to do both, right? Mm -hmm. And I've done both for a long time and it's very, very challenging. At some point, you need to kind of reevaluate your priorities, especially today. Yeah. The landscape's changed, right? And so, so what was, how'd you start Shock? Did you take on outside funding? So I had a guy that I was training. Um, and just as a side note, I always tell everybody this and I tell every coach who coaches at my gym the same thing. I tell them, we sit down and we talk every single time. Every person who coaches at my gym, works at my gym, I tell them, 
you treat every single person like it like they have the ability to change your life at any moment. Yeah. You never treat anybody differently for any reason at all. It doesn't matter what they're wearing, it doesn't matter what they say, it doesn't matter how they treat you. You treat them the best you can because you just don't know. 100%. And this one client and even people that you meet, you know, like you don't ever like Everyone has a bad day. That's just being a good human, though. Yeah. You know? You like, really have to do it. When people talk down to, like, servers <laughs> or something, it really upsets me. Yeah. Like, it, 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 because they're no better or worse or indifferent, right? You might have more money. Who gives a shit if you're yeah. not, you know? But anyways. But so. yeah. And I, I tell everyone that. And uh, the reason for that is this guy that I was training, who I didn't really think had any money at all, right. actually developed MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So he has hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, right. And, um, is that the funniest, man? So <laughs> up here in the Bay Area, right, where we're at, in Silicon Valley, You'll go to a local Starbucks or coffee shop and they'll be, everybody will be multimillionaires. You'll never know it, right? Yeah. It's crazy. But he always asked me, like, what do you want to do? Like, would you ever want to own your own gym? Because he loved me. And I was like, ah, we're in Orange County, man. This is like the biggest, like, area for gyms in the whole world. Right. And then um, I was like, if I was to do it, I'd need you to give me like a million bucks. Yeah. And he's like, okay. You know, like, it wasn't a big deal to him. And I, like, it and at that time you didn't me. know he. At that time you didn't know he had any money. No. So you were just like, oh, you're training him. Oh, I yeah. need a million bucks. Kind of like, yeah. Oh, hey, bro, it's yeah, it's a million bucks. Kind of like nothing to him. It just like just, literally the blink of an eye. And I was like, okay, well, um, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't go like I thought. But you know, before I get excited, like it had to be like the perfect space. You know, I'm like very OCD about different things. And um, like a week later, he's like, hey, I have a spot. And I'm like, I've been looking on Zillow and all these different places and there's nothing. And right. he's like, ah, oh, this place isn't, it's not actually for rent, but I can get it. And I'm like, okay. So we walk over there. Interesting enough, it was like 0.6 miles from my house. Perfect. I was like, I'm just going to run there. So I ran there and it's the space that you walked in there. Current, current space. Yep. And you said that space, correct me if I'm wrong, is 5,000 square feet? 5,500. 5,500. And it's like 4,000 usable? And it's like 33 to 3,500 usable. Yep. 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 And, and so this gentleman, um, now, now, as of right now, are you guys still super cool? Oh, yeah. Every day he comes in, works out. We talk all the time. Now, is he a silent investor? So does he not have... So how did you... He I mean, if you don't me, mind, how did you structure that? So what we did was... Um, and I assume, by the way, a million dollars might have been a little bit too much, right? Yeah, it was too much. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to spend that and I didn't. Yeah. And then I did. I also didn't realize either like that I had to pay it back. Right. You know, so ah, I was like... Million, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so tell us a little bit about that. Like, so, so at our business, just so I can share with you, we started back in 08 started off in a small space and we never took on any outside funding, right? We just kind of naturally organically grew to where we're at today with our locations. You could start smaller then. Yeah, that, I don't believe you can that, now. That, that's right. No, no. I'll make the, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. You could start super small, whatever. Now, now that's the way we started. So we never took on outside funding. So I'm always curious. So you took on outside funding, mm -hmm. many ways to do it. Yep. Did you give up equity in the business? Did you instead just do a note to this person? How does that work? And, and if you don't mind sharing. So the other guy that I was training, um, he's a billionaire with a B. <laughs> that's a B. So okay. um, right. him and this other guy gave me money. Okay. They gave me, they both gave me like 125 grand each. Okay. Um, they both had 20% each. I had 60%. I was going to pay them back. And then they were always going to have 20% forever. Right. Understood. The guy with the B, the billionaire. Yep. After working after two years, he's like, dude, you have a phenomenal work ethic and I just want to give you a gift and keep it. So now I have 80% of the gym and I didn't even, didn't even have to pay him right, back. Right, 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 right. He just said keep. Now, does and, he still go to your gym? Yep. That's he, awesome. I, he doesn't pay for membership, obviously. <laughs> obviously, yeah. He's, he's a lifetimer. Yep. Uh, um, and then my other investor owns the other 20%. Um, I just paid him back. Excellent. Uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. All of his money. Yeah. And I'm, you know, now, I'm, I'm done. So he, he always will own 20% though. Of forever. course. Yeah. But it was his risk, you know? So like after the money, 
he gave me the money. If the gym failed, it's on him. Right. I could have elected to pay him back instead of 125 grand, maybe pay him like 150 or something, right? Right, right, right. But then it's stressful on me because he could sue me and stuff if That's I didn't right. pay him back. That's and then right. it's like this long battle that takes forever. So I was like, you know what? You can keep 20% forever. There's a lot of stuff about business that you know that I don't know. So I think you're a valuable asset. And even so do you still time, lean on him today a little all bit? All the time. I'm like, hey, yeah. man, like, I don't really know. Like, what do I do with this? Or what do I do with this? Like, just like super business stuff, you know? So they've been instrumental in your business. And so you started off with 250 I learned a ton from him. Of course. <clears throat> so you started off with roughly 250 Yep. Give or take. So, you know, we just opened up a new gym in, in Campbell, which I told you about. We opened it at about 140. It's it's not quite the same as, it's, you know, I could see how you could spend what you spent and you need to have some extra money in the bank, right? We have other money in the bank from other, other gyms. But I guess, you know, do you feel like that's kind of like the sweet spot to open up a gym these days? You think it's somewhere between, you know, 150 and 300? Depending on the demographic of your area and like the rent and all of that. Yeah. I was lucky with my space because the people who rented it before me. Yeah. They had done a $700,000 build out and made it super pimp. Yes, so your like, TIs were pretty minimal. You just had to get equipment, rubber, yep. things like that. And so I just went to the, to, the, to, the, uh, to the moon on that. Now, so you opened up in what year? 2013. 2013. The year that I freaked out. Yeah. Okay. See? <laughs> but see, it might be all happened for a reason. Now, yeah. here we are, um, 2018. You have approximately, what, 400 members in the gym? Just about. Okay. And so, you know, that goes in line with what we say on this show, which is give or take 100 members per every thousand square feet. Now, you're a little bit over that of usable square feet, which mm-hmm. is excellent. Good good for you. Now, do you only offer CrossFit or do you have alternative offerings? So, I have another class called Sweat, mm-hmm. which is... um. It originally was no barbells, but now we have a little bit of barbell. Yep, we do yep, sumo yep. deadlift high pulls, and we do barbell thrusters with no weight on them. Yep. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Right. So we do we, power clean the snatches with dumbbells. We do kettlebells. We have bikes, rowers, running, all that. And is that an hour-long timeline? or It's an hour long. The class is 40 minutes. Warm-up's 20 minutes. Uh, it's a hard class. No, no, dude. Yeah. I mean, yes. And so we have three different offerings, right? 30 minute, less complex, 45 minute, a little bit more complex, 60 minute, most complex, uh, classes at our gym. We found good success having a variety. sounds like you have too. Now, so your, your gym's growing. Um, when you first started, tell me how it took off, you know, like let's just say you had 50,000 in the bank. Your monthly rent is, let's just call it 10 grand for the sake of the argument, right? It's probably a lot. You you hit both those numbers. Exactly. 50 grand left in the bank. I had $10,000 rent. It's like I've been doing this for 10 (laughs) years, you know, Um, but but let's just, okay. So now you're you're on those numbers, right? You're sitting like, damn, I got to hit my monthly nut. What's going on? Blah, blah. At that time, I assume you didn't have too many in salaries because you're probably coaching most of the classes. Everyone. Yep. I had no coaches for two months. That's right. So, so two questions on that for owners. Um, we might have to go a little longer because I have a few more questions for you because it's a 25-minute amateur. I might have to kick it to a 28-minute amateur. <laughs> but um, let's talk about it real quick, which is um, two things. How did you kick off with more members because there was other gyms in the area at the time? Did you? What kind of promotions did you do in the beginning? If nothing, what, what was your differentiator that had people come to you, number one? Number two, when did you start identifying coaches and how did you get them on board? Well, the reason I wanted to open a gym was because I was competing yep. and I remember when I wanted to train – the best thing to do when training is to get out of your gym, in my opinion. You don't want people to talk to you. You don't want people to bother you on any on any level. Uh, Which is almost counterintuitive to being an owner. An owner, yes. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. This no, is no. when I was coaching at another gym. Right, right. Yeah. No, I'm saying because when yes. owners want to compete so much, they're mm-hmm. so focused on it. It's tough to be an owner when someone walks yeah. in, you're trying to hit your thruster. Yeah. Anyways. Even just working out in your garage just now, you know, it's just a great intensity just not being in, in my gym, you know. Just, there's, there's no distractions. Yeah. <clears throat> right. But anyway, moving on. Okay. Um where was I? 
Uh, so, so when you kicked off, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. How, how did the membership flow? Right, yeah. you started off with zero members. So, um, I'm thinking about all the other gyms in the area when I wanted to work out, and I there was never any gym in the area that I really wanted to work out at. You know, I was always like, yeah, this gym is like this, this gym is like this. No one really has cool shit, like blah blah blah. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna create my Instagram account now for my gym. I'm going to post every single thing that I do from now until when I open it. Right. So I remember just like thirty thousand dollar Olympic plate order from Rogue. I'm just gonna post it. So yep. I put it on Instagram. I said, hey, guys, I have 30 grand worth of Olympic plates coming in the gym. Right. Hey, guys, I just bought like 10 Alico bars that are like right. a thousand bucks a piece. Hey, right. guys, I just uh, – here's the flooring going in. Here's a custom pull-up bar I just made. All these things that no one had ever seen before. Right. So I opened the door at 100 members the first day. No. Which had no, exactly so 100 members. So you pre-sold. So, you know, I was just telling you, in Campbell, we had 80 new members this month and 120 because we had – so 80 new members this month, which we were really happy with, right? Mm -hmm. But to open up with 100 – that was like day one. Now, first day, my classes, I almost had too many people the first day. So tell, tell, tell me how that works, right? So you open up uh, in 13, you start promoting on Instagram. Let's just say, how many days out were you? 90 days out from opening? 60 days out? Uh, 60. 60 days out. So you start building the buzz, blah, blah. Then people could could sign up ahead of time. Did you give them, you, you know... Uh, uh, you know, like first member rates? Did you do anything special? Yeah, like that? I told them that it was going to be Founders like, rates. Like whatever you pay at your current gym, like I would just match that. Okay, so you started promoting, yeah. hey guys. I said, I'm going to have a nice gym than anybody else in town. It's going to be a little bit more expensive membership than you're used to. But if you're if you're coming from somewhere else and you want to try <laughs> us out, it would just it, I'll, I'll match whatever your membership fee is. But you have to show me a receipt of what your membership rate now, is. Now, how did other gym owners take that? Because I didn't market it like that on the gram. <laughs> it was like you came to talk to me about it, and then I would just tell them that in yeah, person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I never tried to poach anybody. It was just like they came to me first. Yeah, that's right. And then they would say, how much is it? And, and then I would just say... You know, for the first like two or three months, I will just accept whatever you pay now. Now, how about after that? So, 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 you know, do you feel like you have different members at different price points now? Um, I do, but it's really only like a fifteen dollar difference. Right. Okay. Okay. So you started off. You started promoting on Instagram. So that goes out for anybody who's looking to open up a gym. Start promoting on certain social channels. Now you had a little bit of a fall or a following, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Going into it, which which helps, of course. Um, but uh, so day one, boom, you got 100 members. Now you have 100 people to tell their friends, right? So then how did it grow? You know, did you see any dips? And then when did you start finding coaches? Um, so I had 100 and then I was flatlined for two or three months and then yep. I had 150 and then I was flatlined for like a year-ish. No, no. At the end of my first year, I had 300. So At the it, end of your first it year. It took me a year to have 300 members. And what, what what was the differentiator that took you from 100 to 150 and then 150 to 300? What what did you do that differentiated you? I started hiring more coaches and I actually started coaching less. <laughs> Boom. That's very important Which to is terrifying to me. So I call it the revolving door process. A lot of these owners, they'll coach five, six, seven classes a day, right? But all of a sudden they're burnt out and there's no one to build the business because they're in the business coaching. Yeah, you're not so, building. That's right. So you started hiring coaches. That was the biggest thing that took you from, let's just say 150 to 300, right? This is great for mm -hmm. me to hear because it's exactly what I think. So, so It's so me, scary because like- It's you, so scary. Even when you watch a coach put like a 80% effort in. Yep. Like it's a good class, but it's not a great class. I'm like inside, I'm like- <sighs> Yep. But the thing about it is their 80% is probably better than your- 60% across all day yeah. right? or, or allows you to get outside, right? Because mm -hmm. I used to think that I did everything the best. And then all of a sudden you start realizing you can't do everything the best, you just right? Can't do it. You got to, you got to, you know, get other people to help you. So how'd you find your coaches? Um, it, it took a long time for each one. Like I really wanted them to kind of grow on me. And this, uh, this one girl, 
had come to me and said that she was thinking about coaching or whatever. And I said, you know, okay. So I'm like, you're going to coach underneath me for a couple weeks. And then she was doing exactly what I wanted her to do. And then another person in the gym who was actually training there and working out, he asked me if he could help out with a few classes. Cause he's like, Hey man, you look tired. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like, sure. Like, let's see. And I'll coach with you for a little bit. And, and then, you start paying them. Oh yeah. I paid them all from uh, day one. My, what I did for everybody was I found out what everybody was getting in town. And I, I doubled it. Yep. So you get what you pay for. And, and that's, hundred percent. Right. So from day one, you started paying these people as much as I possibly could. Right. Because then you can set an expectation. Right. And, and look, we don't pay where we want to be. We pay well. Mm -hmm. I want to get better. Of course we offer benefits and things like that, but I always want to pay more because the more we pay, the more we could ask for. Well, if you're a coach and I don't know if, well, you opened your gym right away, but like as a coach coaching at another gym, immediately the first day that you, you coach there, you already know it's a stepping stone to something else. And my goal is for them to not think that way. All right. And my goal is also for people to have other avenues in the gym that they can build off of. Like none of my trainers pay me any money for personal training clients. You want to train someone for $150 an hour, you keep Go all for of it. it. As long as you're – so for us, we do something very, very similar. But they have to be a member of the gym. This, mm-hmm. is, our, this is our rule. And um, you have to coach at least 10 hours a week. Do you have something similar? You, I do, don't have that, but I love that. <laughs> so, so for us, right, we don't take any money from personal training, which there's pros and cons to it. The pro is that, you know, we're, we're saying, hey, go make your money, bro. But the con is some of these guys don't know how to sell their product well. So we might start helping promoting PT because they don't know how to get clients. Mm-hmm. But we don't, we make the rule that, hey, you got to coach 10 hours a week and they need to be a member of the gym. Because so what we found is that people would say, oh, I want to do training for you. Of course you do, because we're not taking a fee. We only coach one day a week, right? Or one hour a week. So that's what we do. So you hire coaches, you start paying for, you start to set expectations. Now over the years, what we've tried to do is create more structure. Um, we have, uh, you know, quarterly reviews, uh, development programs, things like that. Do you have anything like that in place? I talk to to everybody one-on-one. I don't do like the group thing because it's really hard to get everybody together. How often do you do that? All the time. How many coaches do you have now? Uh, Four. Four. And you feel like that's perfect for your size gym? Yeah. I mean, uh, they all coach kind of like full time. Uh, and then I really try to make everybody be part of the gym on another level. So one of my female coaches, her and I do nutrition challenges throughout the gym. Excellent. Which we've now opened up to the whole world. Which and is then really she cool. gets involved. Mm-hmm. She gets paid, whatever. You Now, you'd also do the online programming. Mm-hmm. So has that been a distraction or a benefit to your business? Because you take your current program that you're already doing. I actually love it because- yeah it puts a lot of stress on me to make the workouts really, really cool. Right. So like when people say that he want to do something on Sunday, like for me, the entire day of Sunday is me programming. Right. For one week. Right. Just one week. Like yep. my CrossFit and my sweat program and we do team workouts and like all these different things. And I look at that, the workout and I'll just, one day might take me like an hour because I want it to be so cool and I want it to be like something that no one's ever done. That's funny. Same thing with us, right? So we have a team that creates our programming because, you know, we're going out to, uh, you know, locations globally. And so we need to think like, oh man, we got not only our 20 locations, but also all the people that are following our programming. Got to make it right. And yeah. we got to test them. I mean, we, I, we test our workouts all the time, have fun with it, um, get after it. But now you started doing that. And what I like about what you did, similar to what we did, you're already doing all the programming. You're already focused on it. Now you're just putting out to the world for a fee and you're generating additional revenue stream for your gym, mm-hmm. which now you could put back into your business. You could do cool stuff for your staff. Excellent. I mean, yeah, it's awesome. So like now, you know, I gave some other coaches even an even bigger raise. Um, another one of my coaches, we do the podcast together now. Yep. We do um, YouTube stuff now. And I'm trying to, whatever anything makes, I just try to give all the money to them. 
because I already have my own revenue streams coming through. And then if it ever, if any of these things ever hit to like a crazy number, then I'll say, you know, let's split a little bit since you're kind of, you know, working off of me or whatever. But for right now, if it only makes a little bit, I just want you to keep it. I want you to be excited about it. I want you to feel like you have a career yeah, here. Yeah, take care of the team. Yeah. So I, I get mean, like, I'm really, really generous with the way that that thing, how all those things go. So I genuinely give them all the money for certain things. So I got about 30 seconds left on this 28 minute air This has been a phenomenal conversation. What I will say to you is that you're a guy who went from homeless on a couch to, you know, running a successful gym, right? You're making a living where you don't necessarily have to worry about, you know, going out to eat, right? Which is yeah. phenomenal. You don't have to go to Whole Foods anymore and steal the food. Yeah. And if you do, that's not very nice, right? <laughs> um, but you don't have to. Yeah. And you've been able to create a, a business. There's a lot of owners that are aspiring to become, you know, make this their full-time gig. And you've done that. And, you know, congratulations on that, man. I think it's a really cool story how you got started. And I think it's awesome what you've done. So thank you very much for uh, coming with us, talking the business of fitness. And uh, thanks for coming in for a workout this morning. Yeah, I had a great time. All right, bro. 